0: We live in a time and age right now where you can create your own destiny. You can create your own opportunities. You can You just have to figure out what that opportunity is that you want to create for yourself and just go for it full throttle. Welcome to the Visionary Women Podcast
1: where we root deep and rise high together. This podcast is sacred medicine for the way we live and the way we lead. I'm your host, Therese Couture, and you'll come to find out that there's almost no topic that's off the table. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to invite you to join our free community where you'll receive occasional behind-the-scenes interviews, meditations, worksheets, and other tools to help you root deep and rise high. You'll also receive the root together, rise together playlist and you'll be the first to know about workshops, retreats, circles and much more. So join us over at visionarywomenpodcast.com and I will see you there. Okay? Let's dive in. I'm so happy that you're here with me today, beloved. And whether you're here for the first time or you're joining us again, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, We have been on a little bit of a hiatus. And when I say we, I'm talking about me because I'm the one that puts it all together. And I really felt it was important to come back because I missed these conversations. And the other thing is right now all over the world, we are in the midst of the coronavirus or COVID-19 and I think that we need as many things as possible to remember, to create community, to envision and imagine new worlds and these conversations, you know, some of them will make you laugh, some of them will make you think, And I think it's all relevant and all beautiful. So I'm really excited to share these conversations with you. I'm really excited to share this interview with you with my dear friend and one of my former mastermind clients, Carla Renata. And Carla had me cracking up throughout this entire interview, and we could have kept on talking forever. (laughs) And she is hilariously funny and that's because she is a multifaceted actress. She's also an author. She's an adjunct professor, an award-winning film critic, and she is currently recurring as Janet on the NBC sitcom Superstore, and she's the host of the podcast The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata, which is one of the top 10 shows at the Hollywood Black Hollywood Kive, and her book, The Actor's Guide to Self-Marketing, How to Brand and Promote Your Unique Image, is available on Amazon as well as in bookstores. She's a graduate of Howard University and has been on Broadway, including productions such as Avenue Q and The Lion King. I am so excited to have Carla here and for you to meet her. I'm so happy to be talking to you, Carla, today. Thank you so much for being here. No worries. It's my pleasure. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you because you are you have such a vast amount of experience in so many different areas. So, you know, as I shared earlier, you're an actress. You are also... Um, you're also a film critic. You also do branding. And so it's like just a wealth of information. So, yeah. wh- <laughs> so I guess <laughs> the question that we always start with is how do you root deep? Um, and you could interpret that however way that you would like. So how do you root deep in your life, in your career, wherever, whatever's speaking to you right now?
0: I guess the thing that continues to keep me rooted in my life and in my career and in um, my personal and professional lanes is my um, spiritual base. I practice Nichiren Buddhism. So that is what keeps me grounded so that I don't go way too off the course. Um, And it helps me to focus on what is important and what isn't important in terms of relationships, business and personal. And that's really important because I feel like if you, you should surround yourself with people that are the type of people who are where you wanna be, right? If you surround yourself with people that are complaining all the time, that are talking about what they can't do, why this didn't happen, why that didn't happen, then you get sucked up into that vortex and it makes you a little pessimistic and negative too. So I've tried to, to the best of my ability, weed out those types of people in my life so that I have I don't have any noise or clutter happening in my head about that. And that is what helps me keep grounded and rooted and on the, the um, chosen path.
1: You know what? You said so many things in there. And the thing that popped out to me is um, weeding out weeding out people. And when I say weeding out people, I'm like, oh, you know, that, that can sound really harsh. Um, I say that, not to you, but, you know, that can sound really harsh. However, it's really a part of having great boundaries, right? It's really a part of... Um, being able to thrive in whatever it is that we do. And it's not necessarily about that, that person. In some cases, you know, it's like, you're gone forever where we don't have a relationship, but in some cases it's like, okay, you're gone for this time being and then we can come back. So can you talk a little bit about how you have, how you're able to have these boundaries with, with people?
0: I had to learn that was something that I had to learn and it's taken me three quarters of my life to learn that Because I'm by nature a very giving very kind person like if somebody walks up to me and they ask me a question I will answer it. No holds barred. You know what? I mean if somebody comes to me Seeking my assistance or my help. I will help them or do my best to help them depending on where they are in their journey right so the best way that i found to weed them out is, you know, you learn a whole lot more from people (laughs) listening than running your mouth. Mm -hmm. So when you're having conversations with people, if you just pause for the cause for a second, just to listen to what's coming out of their mouth, you learn so much more about them and where they are in their journey. And if you are in the same place that they are, then cool. Y'all are copacetic and it's gonna move along great. But if, if if you hear one inkling of something, and this is with women in particular, um, tunes into your intuition. If you hear one thing that is said that makes you feel some kind of way, you need to listen to that and you need to run as fast as you can. <laughs> oh, because if your gut is telling you that this person is not going to be a positive part of your journey, you need to bounce. You need to keep it moving. And it's hard because you don't, like you said, you don't want to be harsh. You don't want to be rude. You don't want to seem um, like you think you're better than somebody else. But at the end of the day, you have to protect you. You have to protect your feelings. You have to protect your world. You have to protect your space. And you do that by setting boundaries with people. I had something happen. That's so funny that you asked me that. I had something happen to me yesterday that was really (laughs) not it was it was either yesterday or day before oh no it was over the weekend so two different instances over the weekend where in both instances someone people were asking me advice on how to do something and this happens to me quite often people will come people will email me that I've never met (laughs) this happens to me all the time people will email me on LinkedIn because I've I'm an actress on a sitcom on NBC called Superstore, right? I will get emails or direct messages from people on LinkedIn asking me to put in a word for them for a job they're applying for at NBC okay. on LinkedIn. And these are random people that I don't know them. I don't know their work ethic. I don't know anything about them. And I was just like, I, it. first of all, th- the nerve, that it takes to do that is just mind-boggling to me. I would never do that. Second of all, I'm like, I'm on a sitcom. I have no idea what job you (laughs) apply for at NBC, (laughs) and I don't know any of those people at NBC. And even if I did, I don't know you. I don't know you. I can't do that. So I try my best to answer it back with, you know, I'm just a working actress on a sitcom. I have no idea about any of the people that are in human resources that would be able to help you with what you're seeking, but good luck on your search, right? That was the best way for me to handle it. That's not really what I wanted to say. And you know me, so you know what I probably really wanted to say. But but that aside, yesterday, I had a situation where a young lady emailed me some, now this is the complete opposite. This was somebody that I, that I know. I don't know this person very well, but I do know them. They emailed me and I get this a lot too. How do I become a film critic? Like I just went proof one day I was a film critic. Like people don't, Mm, they don't, they don't. The journey. Yes, they don't respect the journey. They don't respect the fact that me becoming a film critic actually started with you, Therese. And you know this, I say this all the time. It started with you. It started with me working with you and you asking me one simple question. What are you good at? Mm. And, I was, and I was like deer in headlights because in that moment, I honestly didn't know what I was good at. And then you said, you should start a vlog. You have a really great personality. You would do good in that medium. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what a vlog is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what a blog is, but okay. And but, but even despite all of that, I took that information, you planted the seed and I took that information from that seed and I, I put it in some dirt and threw some water on it and I grew it into what I am right now. So when this person asked me that, I basically gave an answer to someone that I know that was very detailed and specific, you know, without telling everything. The person came back at me and was annoyed at what I said because what they really wanted wasn't to learn how to be a film critic, what they really wanted was for me to say, oh, I'll introduce you to, or I'll do blah, 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 blah. They wanted me to do the work for them.
1: Yeah, the um, there's, there's this quote, and I'm, I'm totally going to mess it up, but it's really about one of my friends says, you have to respect the grind. It's around. It's like about that. So a lot of people, they want the glory, but they don't want the grind.
0: Right. They Absolutely. Want,
1: <laughs> they want that end result, but they don't want to do the work in order to get to that end result. And um, when we worked together, it was over the course of a couple of years
0: Yeah, it was a mastermind.
1: So, and it was intense, deep work, like, and from that seed over the years, this is what blossomed, but it it doesn't, you know, you had to put in so much work into creating what everyone sees today. I'm like, oh my God, she's on the show. Oh my God, she's, you know, getting interviewed by the New York times, or she has this opportunity and that opportunity and it's all deserved, um, but what they want is the glory. They don't want the grind
0: to actually do the work. Yeah, and truth be told, a lot of times in my journey, stuff just kind of happens. Like sometimes, I mean, to be, to be real real, a lot of times with me throughout my whole entire life, no matter what lane I've been in, stuff will just happen. Like I will think about doing something or I will, put put out in the universe that there's something that I would like to do, and then the opportunity just presents itself. That happens to me more often than not. I don't know how that happens. I don't know why it happens. I know that sounds ridiculous, and I know it sounds all she-she-foo-foo, foo, you know, feel the moon, feel the stars. I know that's what that sounds like, but I promise you, that's what happens. And I think that happens to me because, to bring it back around to what the original question was, I had to learn how to weed people out that were distracting me from my course. Mm-hmm. People can distract you from the journey. People can just dis- and people some people distract you on purpose because they don't want you to succeed.
1: Who that's really deep because and when people are thinking, oh, they're they're going to the like the really easy. People to like weed out, right? They're going to, oh, my co-worker, <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know, deal with that. But then it's really people sometimes in our inner circle, um, our, They're the our worst family, ones. right? Our it could be our family, it could be our intimate relationships, who we're dating, and the energy that we're putting towards, you know, all these different relationships. That's what what it's doing. It's scattering our energy, and we're not able to protect our energy out of, you know, wanting to be nice, wanting to people-please. And this is something that um, creatives, people who identify as empaths, people who identify as like just sensitive, you know, just a sensitive person or someone who just cares about the world, um, which is pretty much everyone who's listening to this. Um, we, we want to be nice. We want to 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 help and it's okay to help. However, we we truly need to have our boundaries. So, thank you for sharing that. Were you going to say another thought?
0: No. Mm-hmm. No, okay.
1: Well, what what came to me as we we're talking. So, you have been able to what's the word? Like really create something out of nothing, right? So, Hollywood the entertainment industry is very, very fickle. <laughs> it's like extremely fickle. And I guess that's one of the reasons I wanted to start. I always start with that question, but it's really important that you shared how you root deeply. So you've been able to create this this career. Can you share a little bit about your journey? in terms of creating that to someone like, oh my gosh, how do I, how do I get there? And I know that you um, teach people about branding, so you can share about it from that lens or from whatever lens you feel more comfortable (coughs) with. But if someone's like, Carla, how did you create this? Not so much to replicate what you did, but so that they can do it in their own, um, in their own careers and lives.
0: Right. So as it pertains to the branding situation, I was a publicist for many, many years. And part of my job as a publicist in the, in the music industry was to create a media campaign that, that would allow my clients to get as much exposure as possible in the electronic and print media. That was my job. And so because a lot of the people that I worked with were unknown artists at the time. Now they're globally known artists, but at the time I was working with them, nobody knew who they were, nobody cared. So it was my job to create interest and buzz on them so that people would care and so that people would buy their product and go see them in concert or whatever the case may be. And I remember one particular time, one of the clients that we had was a rapper. And at the time I was, you know, I like rap but I wasn't like hardcore die hard rap fanatic fan I was not um and this particular artist that we had I was just like I don't get it <laughs> I, was like, I don't get it and I was like this fool is going to make me lose my job cuz I don't get it and I went to my boss at the time and expressed that to her and she gave me this article, and the article was entitled Publicizing the Impossible. And she had ripped it out of some public relations journal that she had a subscription to. And basically, the gist of that article said that you, what you have to do when you are promoting a client that you seem to deem impossible or somebody that you, quote unquote, don't get, you have to really dig deep and look at that person and figure out what's unique about them what is unique about this one person? Because everybody is unique unto themselves for a variety of reasons. And that is what I decided to tap into when it came to the acting community. Because the acting community, everybody comes to LA, New York, or goes to Europe, wanting to be somebody else, trying to emulate someone else's career or do what this person did because it worked for that person. Well, it worked for that person because it worked for them, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So you have to find your own path and your own journey. And you do that by becoming specific about what is unique about you. So I took that and I put it into a game of adjectives. And when I teach, I do this adjective game and it's a big hit every single time I do it. They love this adjective game. And... Um, what you learn from the adjectives is that people never see you the way you see yourself mm-hmm. you may walk into the room thinking that you are the flyest thing crossing the threshold that your makeup is on point that <laughs> your you know that your facial hair if you would do your facial hair is trimmed just right that you know that bald head is shined up just right don't have no glow <laughs> on it you know what i mean and you may think you just got it popping when you cross the threshold And then somebody takes a look at you and you can tell by the look on their face that they don't see you the way you've seen yourself. That happens every time you walk into a casting session. It happens every time you walk into a room to interview with an agent or a manager or a producer or a director or a client. If you're doing designing, if you're doing anything other than acting, anything that involves you having interaction with another person where it's a one-on-one situation or a group situation, Nobody in that situation is gonna see you the way you see yourself. And they make a judgment simply based on what you look like first and foremost, because you haven't opened your mouth. So I decided that that is something that everybody can learn. That is something that everybody can grow with or grow from and create an image for themselves that will serve them in the long run. And I, so I was doing this for all these other people To bring it back, I was doing this for all these people that I I had as clients. And so when I decided that I wanted to jump into acting full time, I'm like, well, let me do this for myself. And it took me 5,000 years to figure it out, but I figured it out. And so the most important lesson that anybody can learn about themselves is to be unique. Those things about you that people think are weird, those idiosyncrasies that you have, that you're ashamed of or you think are going to make you stand out, that's the very thing that's going to make you special. That's the very thing that that's going to make you succeed. So embrace it instead of trying to hide from it.
1: Oh, my gosh. I loved everything that you said. And when we're talking about being unique, right? A lot of people – so I want to make this really clear. You did not say, oh, go through a magazine and pick out an image no. and then boom, I'm going to be this person, which is what I think a lot of people do. And sometimes it's not a magazine. If you are, let's say um, a writer, it can be trying to emulate another writer. If you're a coach, it's trying to emulate another coach. If you're an actor trying to emulate another actor um, and a singer, etc., going On and on and on
0: down the list. So we have. Yeah, you have to find. Yeah, you not to interrupt, but you have to find your own voice. You have to find your voice. Like it took me, and I'm sure it it happened for with this for you too. Yeah, it took me forever to figure out what my lane was because I was one of those people, and I say that because I was I was that person. Like as far as my my performing career was concerned. I wanted to be a combination of Whoopi Goldberg and Debbie Allen because those were my idols. That's who I emulated. That's who I wanted to be like. You know what I mean? Hollywood didn't need another Debbie Allen, and they sure as hell don't need another Whoopi Goldberg. They got that. You know, but what what kind of Carla Renata could I, could I um, bring to the table? What could I bring to the table that wasn't like Whoopi, that wasn't like Debbie, that wasn't like anybody else, that I was watching on TV or on a Broadway stage. And I figured it out. I figured out what was unique about me. And the minute that I clicked with that was the minute that my whole world, life, and career changed and shifted and and helped me to become successful in ways that I never even saw coming.
1: Yeah, and that's the power of really stepping into who you are and one of the things that you shared is about to um to embrace yourself and what I what came to me is like of course it was actually literally writing the word embrace as you and when you said it <laughs> so That's at the funny. same time and and so many people so many of us visionary women we don't embrace parts of ourselves we judge so many parts of ourselves we're trying to constantly fix certain parts of ourselves and part of being unique is embracing those parts of ourselves so can you share a little bit about how have you embraced the parts that maybe you judged before Um, oh my god yes I can speak (laughs) to
0: that so I I was in New York and I was dancing I was dancing on Broadway and I started out in the business as a dancer so you know, my weight would, would fluctuate anywhere between, like, 95 pounds and 125 when I was dancing, right? Then I came to Los Angeles, and in, in New York City, the city is your gym. You're walking everywhere. You walk from your house to the train. You have to run down the steps to get to the train. Like, New York City is your own personal gym. You come to Los Angeles, you gotta have to get in a car and drive to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> It's no, a little bit of a hurdle. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you have to get in the car to drive to the gym. You have to get in the car to drive to the to the canyon where you want to hike. Everything uh, that involves exercising here, you gotta drive somewhere. It to takes work. Do it. Right. You have to drive somewhere, to go do it. So I was I became very lazy because I wasn't used to working out. I was used to just living my life the way I was. And you know, I, I was doing eight shows a week and walking around New York City all the time. I didn't have to work out. But then I came to L.A. and all of a sudden, you know, my pants couldn't get up over my thighs and, you know, this shirt, could, I couldn't, uh, the, the buttons were screaming for help. I mean, yeah. it just became a thing. And so I was like, oh, my God, I'm gaining weight. I'm getting fat. What am I going to do? And then what started happening was right around the time that I was judging what I looked like and trying to figure out how to make this work either try to figure out how to make it work for me or lose some weight was when people started embracing being curvy and i was like i'm just curvy let me <laughs> em- let me just embrace that and so i did and i and and you know as you get older in life you naturally just put on pounds anyway it's the it's the aging process as you get older you just gain weight you're not going to look thin all your life and there's some people that are just naturally look that way no matter what age they are. So let me just say that. And there's some people that work really hard to stay thin, let me say that. But then there are some people like me who their weight goes up and my weight goes up and down all the time, all the time. And so instead of being upset about that, instead of being down on myself about that, instead of letting that be something about me that was going to damage my self-esteem I just embraced it and went with the flow and did the best that I could to make it work for me instead of against me. And then when I became comfortable in my body and how I looked then everybody else became comfortable about my body and how I looked too.
1: Oh, that's opens up a really big conversation. And I have, I have known people, I have known people who have been on a diet since they were you know, like 12 years old and they've constantly, it's constantly been a battle of, of being on a diet. And to me, it's so linked to our culture, the patriarchy of what we are supposed to look like as women. And I had written this quote the other day that um, actually a few weeks ago, something came into my mind and it was, that if you can't be, you can't dismantle the patriarchy if you're const, if you, you're constantly on a diet and hate your body. <laughs> like if you're constantly hating yourself, there's no way you can like dismantle the patriarchy because the patriarchy is actually internalized and it's being expressed as as your life, right? So it's yeah, a you constant can't be, battle.
0: Right. You can't be an open vessel. You cannot be an open vessel. Especially as an actor or as a as a teacher or educator, you cannot be an open vessel if you're caught up in all that because it's just stuff. It's just stuff. And yes, we have one body in this lifetime, and when this lifetime is over, that's it. There are no do overs. There are no second chances. So yes, you should do uh, cherish and take care of the body that you've been given. Having said that, though, you can do that. You can. You know, without being on a diet, you, you know, because this is the thing: diet is coupled with exercise. It go, it's hand in hand. You can't diet thinking you're just gonna lose weight with a diet without coupling it with some exercise, and you can't exercise without adjusting your diet. And diet doesn't mean you know that you drink in smoothies all day. Diet means having a balanced meal throughout your day, having a balanced breakfast. It means lunch, eating. Den- <laughs> Right, right. Basically, it means, having a, it means having a balanced breakfast, lunch, dinner, some snacks, making sure that you have water, because, you know, if you were stranded on a desert island, you can go for days without food, but you can't go that long without some water and our bodies are made up out of water. So if you're depriving yourself from water, if you are depriving yourself of drinking water, then your body starts to eat itself, so to speak. You know what I mean? Because our bodies are made up mostly of water. Having said all of that, the bottom line is you have to make yourself an open vessel, and you can only do that if you embrace where you are, if you don't get all up in your head about, oh, I got to look this way. You don't have to look any way but the way you want to look. If you wake up in the mirror and you see yourself in the morning, you see something that you don't like, then do something about it. Don't complain about it. Don't get depressed about it. Don't be like, oh, I don't look like her. Oh, I wish I looked. You don't know what that person's genetic makeup is. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. You don't know. We don't know so much about other people. And we create stories in our minds as to, oh, this is how their lives must be because they look this way. And having lived in Los Angeles, I can tell you, like, it truly is a story. Um, And I'm sure you know that, too. And go, you know, it's truly about embracing and loving yourself. So no matter how you identify, if you identify as curvy, if you identify as fat, if you, whatever way you identify, it's about and embracing your body throughout the spectrum, like, and not being not being at war within with your body. So, with that shared, I'd love to know what. What What's your definition of a visionary
0: woman? A visionary woman is someone who sets a goal, makes a plan, then through those things coupled together, watches it all come to fruition with joy and gratitude.
1: Hmm. I love that you included joy and gratitude in that because that's, that's the key. And I think that's the key to enjoying the, that's the key to enjoying the journey as well. So how do you, how have you found joy in the journey, um, in your career, even when things weren't going your way? How, how did you find joy and gratitude? Cause
0: that's why I do 5,000 things at one time because I learned. I learned about myself that as a, when as an actress, when I wasn't working, I would become severely depressed, and that's a real thing. Like depression is real. I would become severely depressed to the to point where I would sabotage my own existence. <laughs> hey, um, and I had to learn that. uh, An idle mind is a devil's workshop, right? So I had to find ways to not let my mind be idle. So that's why I started teaching branding. That's why I started watching movies (laughs) and criticizing them. Because I figured if I just fill up my day in all those moments in the course of a day that are going to fill my mind with something that's not going to be positive for me, then I won't have time to think about this other stuff or what's not working over here, what's not working over there. I just figure it out. I'm the type of person that I just, if something doesn't work, I just find a way to figure it out. I will go read a book in a minute. I will read a book or take a class. I am so not that person that will, I'm not the person that oftentimes comes to me. I'm not that person that will pick up the phone and go, how did you do this? How did you do that? I will pick up a book, I will go take a class. I will network with other people. When I first came to LA, there was a sister that I met at an audition, and she said that her and some other people used to get, to get would get together on Sundays because nobody was working. Everybody was you know having a hard time getting a break. So what we would do is we would get together on Sundays and get a play. And, read, and just do a, a live reading of a play every Sunday so that everybody could find a way to keep their instruments sharp. I was in another group of people where we used to get together and we would make plans for ourselves throughout the week, you know, drop-offs, um, mailings, um, agent requests, meetings or whatever the case may be. And we would get together once a week and we would go around the circle And everybody would say what they did and we would hold each other accountable. And it got to a point where in both of those groups, we couldn't meet anymore because everybody was working. Hmm. But we were all working because we all were feeding each other that energy of moving forward and not being stagnant. And nobody was hating on the other person. You know, when we would do the play readings, nobody was sitting there going, "Mm, I could do that part better than her. Nobody was doing that.
1: Yeah. And what i i really want to highlight is you know some people might not understand what um what your day looks like when you're a working actor so when you're a working actor um you don't like your day is open like if you're a working actor and you're not working at a certain time your day is open so you're not doing anything you can literally be twiddling your thumbs so um i really want to to point out it's truly about okay those x amount of hours 30 hours where, or 40 hours where someone would be at work if you're an actor or an artist who's working and at a certain point you're not working those hours are free so what i'm hearing you say is like you're being proactive you're creating your own opportunities you're creating your you're getting together with other people who are like-minded and and finding joy in that, like in in doing, in being an artist without
0: waiting for the job. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And nowadays, and I'm, I'm glad you said that because nowadays, unlike when I first started in the business, you can create your own shows. You have YouTube. You can create and shoot a show on your phone and edit it on your phone and slap that bad boy up on YouTube. People... Issa Ray has a whole career and has been nominated for an Emmy multiple times because she got tired of sitting back waiting for somebody to give her a break, created her own show, threw it up on YouTube. It had so many views and so many subscribers that the powers that be had no choice but to pay attention. So to sit back going, oh, my agent didn't call me. Oh, I didn't have any auditions. Oh, I didn't get that interview. We live in a time and age right now where you can create your own destiny. You can create your own opportunities. You can. You just have to figure out what that opportunity is that you want to create for yourself and just go for it full throttle. In this day and age, with all the technology that we have and all the opportunities that we have, there are no excuses.
1: Yeah, there, there are, there's so many things at our fingertips. Just, I mean, pretty much everyone has a phone and you, and and the phone has a camera. Um, I only know one person in my life who has a flip phone. (laughs) Oh no.
0: (laughs) I do. That was was my mother. I had to, I said, you need to come away from the dark side. Come on over here. (laughs) Now I can keep her away from my iPhone, but oh Lord, she had a flip phone for a minute, and my dad, and my dad was one too. I was like, oh, Poppy, no, <laughs> get away from the flip. But this person is like,
1: you know, um, he he wants a flip phone, but <laughs> unless you you're still you still have a flip phone, everyone has a camera, and you're able to do that, and this extends beyond. Um, this goes into every single industry, right? This goes into every single industry that you can truly create your own vehicle um, to do that. So I want to go back a little bit to the branding and creating a unique creating a unique brand, which is truly about being you. So you had shared about one of the things that you do is um, the adjective exercise. Can you share... Um, anything else that you would tell
0: someone if they are, that they want to create a brand? So the biggest thing I would say about that is um, if you are in a place where you're, you're trying to create something, make a list, just make a list of all the things that you enjoy. All of the things that you like to do that bring you so much joy that you cannot imagine your life without that particular thing being in it just make a list and then look at the list. Cause it's one thing to sit in your head and think about those types of things, but it's a completely different thing to sit and look at it on a tangible piece of paper or computer screen, whatever, you know, however you want to do that. And then the other thing is, is I would in, in accordance to that, or in addition to that, I would also make a vision board. Vision boards are very powerful because it's something that you can look at every day that's staring you in your face, that you will walk past several times throughout the course of a day that reminds you of where you wanna go. Pictures and words are very powerful, very, very powerful. So I made a vision board, I wrote down all the things that I knew how to do, or all the things I liked to do, and I figured out which one of the things on that list was something that I wanted to pursue or something that I wanted to make into a brand. And honestly, the teaching thing with teaching branding, it was like I said earlier, I had been a publicist. So I was already doing that as a job. And that was a job that I fell into. I didn't I didn't come out of college wanting to be a publicist. I was in New York City and didn't have a job. And that was the only job I could get was at a PR firm. So I embraced it and I went with it and I learned how to do it and I was really good at it, but then I was really good at it for other people. And so I learned that as an actress, as an entrepreneur, as a professor, that I needed to learn how to be good at it for me and figure out how to make it work for me and be my own best client
1: (laughs) as opposed,
0: you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. And I think one of the, going back to, for me, one of the things that I always do is I know that I can't always see myself. So that's also why I've enlisted the help at different points of people who are able to see my blind spots. So I know a lot of people like, oh, okay, I'll just do that exercise, which is a great exercise. And then sometimes the next step is getting help, right? It can be working with someone like Carla or it can be working with a coach like me or someone else, whoever you feel like, whatever you feel like your next step is because there is something about having to synthesize all of that and then make it into something. Like it's about synthesizing and then it becomes something else. Can
0: you speak a little bit about the synthesis. The synthesis, you mean starting one thing and it turns into something else, right? Like the transformation. So yeah, the
1: transformation, because like, for example, as you were sharing, okay, write down, write down all the things that you know how to do well. And then it's about taking the steps. It's like the transformation. It's, that's the journey. That's like the first step. And then The journey sometimes can involve, okay, I need someone else to come in and help me synthesize, look at all of this and like, okay, what do I, what do I do next?
0: Right. So after you've made all these lists and whatnot, and you decide, and you finally pinpoint it down, so you got to pinpoint it down to like maybe three things. And then out of those three things, you finally decide on that one. How do you take that one idea and you take it from a, an idea on a piece of paper to something that's going to flourish for you as a business? You have to investigate who else is doing that in that lane, what other vantage points they're taking it from, because what you don't want to do is to do what somebody else is doing, because you dev- it, you create. No value for yourself in doing that. You want, like I said earlier, and I continue to say, you want to bring something unique and unfounded and and um, uh, wonderful to the table that nobody has seen or heard of before, or maybe they have seen or heard of it, but not from the vantage point that you're presenting it. Right. So then you you d- do your research. You got to research. You can't just be like. I'm going to do this and throw it out there because I did that one time and it blew up in my face because <laughs> what I, it did, it blew up you know, this, it blew up in my face because I came up with this name that I thought was also fabulous. Somebody else had a name that was also teaching that had a name that was very similar. It was different, but it was similar. And this person threatened to sue me over the name mm. because they were like, You are gonna be people are gonna think that this is what I'm teaching But it'll be you and it's just confusing for people and I'm like it kind of isn't but okay so at in that moment I saw it as oh my god, what am I gonna do now put all this work into this like at that point? I had built a logo a site everything just to find out that now I have to change it I had business cards postcards. I was doing workshops like it was a trip And then I had to figure out how to change it. And I settled on another name. And that name I still use to this day that was more specific to me and to what I do. But you and that's the other thing. You have to figure out a name. You have to figure out your audience. You have to figure out how to get to that on who your target audience is. If you are a designer, if you're a writer, if you are Um, any of those other things. Even as an actor, you have to figure out who your target audience is. But the point of the matter is you have to tap into what's unique. You have to make a list. You have to take that list, make that list specific, and then figure out who your target audience is. Once you figure out all of those things, then it's time to figure out how to get it out to the masses, whether it's you or whether it's your
1: product. Yeah. And it's a journey. So going back to what you shared in the, uh, in the beginning of people contacting you and being like, hey, I want to get to the glory. I want to get, you know, I want to do exactly what you're doing without committing to the journey and committing to doing the work and things that seem like a tedious exercise, such as writing down all the things that make you, you know, that you love to do or that makes you unique. And those are tedious things. Can feel like tedious exercises, like oh, I can spend my time doing something else, or even the the exercise of research. Right? For me, I used to work as a researcher, so that's actually fun for me. But for the majority of people, it's actually not fun. It's like it's researching tedious. is not fun; it's a tedious thing. Um, but
0: but it's necessary. That, that it's
1: necessary. It's part of it's part of doing the work, and. Yeah, I think it, it's all its all really wonderful,
0: everything that you shared. And you have to take charge. After you've done all of that, then you have to take charge and you have to own it. And you can't backpedal from it. Like it's even courage. With, you, it, and it's cur- you have to be courageous, you do. That's a really good point. You have to be courageous because if you're not, you will never ever get past writing it down on that piece of paper, never. Like, there's a chapter, I wrote this book, right? I wrote a book called The Actor's Guide to Marketing, How to Brand and Promote Your Unique Image. And in one of those chapters in the book, I talk about the fact that that editor for that book kept asking me for the manuscript, asking me, asking me, asking me, and I had excuse after excuse after excuse. And I think the reason I had the excuses was out of fear. Like, as long as I was working on it and writing, I felt like I was doing something positive, something worthwhile, but to actually finish it and hand it over to a publisher and then let them mass produce it for people to judge and critique is scary. Mm, It was scary. And I think I purposely um, procrastinated about finishing it for that reason. So no matter, to bring it back to what you were saying, no matter what you decide to do, no matter how you decide to do it, no matter which way you decide or which lane you decide you're going to or journey you're going to take to get there. The biggest thing that you have to have at the end of the day and with all of that is the courage to just see it through.
1: Yeah. And I was just like, do you know how many mistakes I have done, (laughs) like, in terms of mistakes, like, I've made so many mistakes. I remember really early on in my business, like, I don't have an editor, even though I went to to school and I studied literature, I have typos. And someone wrote me um, this email outlining all the typos I had in a blog post. And I remember reading that email and I was like, and I just laughed. And I was just like, oh, well, you know, I, I had to hit publish. And you know what? At a certain point, I couldn't see, like when you're reading the same thing over and over again, and it's only your eyes, you don't see it anymore. Right. But I had to hit publish. I had to be imperfect. And I just had to have the courage to keep on going. And obviously courage is like such a big conversation. Like we can talk about, you know, having the belief and cultivating the belief in yourself so that you can have the courage because sometimes you know our traumas our histories and the things that we've gone through it really takes a blow at our hearts it really takes a blow at you know who we are and we do have to do some deeper work in terms of cultivating the courage to do things but it's
0: it's going to take courage
1: It's always going to take courage it doesn't stop it
0: actually doesn't stop and this is the thing if you don't believe in you nobody else is going to believe in you either the buck has to stop with you. You have to believe in you. You have to have the courage. You have to do the work. You have to do the research. If, if this is something that you truly in your heart of hearts wants, then you have to do the work to get it. Nobody can do it for you. It has to start and stop with you.
1: Yes, it does. I want to say amen. Like that's (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Amen.
1: Yes, that's right. So the last question I have for you is, how do you rise higher? And you could answer that however way you, you choose. How do you rise higher?
0: Man, that's a deep little question. I, I think the way that that I choose to rise higher is to not be above anyone or anything to acknowledge the fact that I don't know everything that I can always learn something from somebody, from some situation. There's always life is a learning curve. Life is is just one big learning lesson and I become better. I rise like the cream to the top of coffee. Every time (laughs) I, um, realize that because you know it's real easy to sit back and go, oh, well, I know this and I know that and I, 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 I. Nobody got anywhere by themselves. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do for a living. You did not get there by yourself. All these things that we've taught, all of these, accompli- these wonderful accomplishments that you and I have discussed on each one of our ends, neither one of us got there on our own. We had some help from somebody somewhere along the line. So the way you rise and the way you continue to rise is to be able to know when you need to accept the help. Mm. You have to be open and you have to accept the help. You have to accept the criticism. You have to accept the, the journey. You have to accept the mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. When you were talking about the typos, child, please, somebody, (laughs) somebody, somebody sent me a message on my blog and said, this would be a really wonderful review if it weren't for all the typos. And I'm like, (laughs) it's like you said, you got it. Sometimes you got to hit publish and sometimes when you read it over and over again, you don't know that you made mistakes like you really don't know. And, And this is even with using the autocorrect. (laughs) <laughs> even using, even even with using the spell checking and the autocorrect, it still ends up with mistakes in it. So the big lesson is you rise above everything by having enough courage to make the mistakes and learning from them and keeping it moving and not getting stuck in, oh my God, this person said this about me. What am I going to do? What do you care what somebody said? Everybody got an opinion. Opinions are like buttholes. Everybody got one. Who cares? <laughs> you always say that. I, I, and I do I always, always laugh. say that because it's true. <laughs> it's true. Everybody has an opinion. I don't everybody. And child, we live in a world where opinions have run rampant. So if you are the type of person that you care about what somebody says, you are never, ever going to get with the program because it's going to it'll always serve as a roadblock to stop you because you'll let it. You have to have the courage to make the mistake. You have to have the courage to not listen to what that person over there is saying and keep it moving or to do listen to what this person is saying over here, because it's going to help you move in a different direction than, than the other way.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's truly about discernment because sometimes, you know, we are receiving what can seem like criticism, but the criticism is truly alchemy to make us better. It's yes. making us better. So we also have to be able to to hear the criticism. I know I said, go ahead. You're
0: going to say something. I was going to say uh, on the line, uh, line of criticism. And let's be clear. There's different types of criticism. So you ne- you don't have to sit back and accept all criticism. You have to be able to have enough common sense or be able to h- listen. Not necessarily common sense, but you have to ha- have to have a really good ear in order to listen and decipher what type of criticism it is. Because not all criticism is good. And not all criticism is good for you. Yeah,
1: because sometimes criticism can be about that person's own issues that they're projecting onto onto you, right? So it has nothing to do with you. And maybe out of everything they said, it could be just like one little strand of truth and then the rest is like oh you know that's really truly about you Um, absolutely and not about me i said i had one last question but this is actually the question i um that we're going to end with what if if someone let me backtrack a little bit what's one question that you wish someone would ask you
0: oh that's good sometimes i just wish people would ask me how are you doing today because mm. no one ever asks that what they do ask is what are you doing what are you working on what are you up to nobody ever asks, how are you doing today how are you feeling
1: are so you can all you right answer
0: that um how i'm doing today i'm doing good today <laughs> <laughs> Because I said I do suffer from depression. So my days are, um, they're questionable at best, depending on how I wake up and, and greet the day. And I'm always grateful that I woke up to greet a day. Because some people didn't wake up today to be able to greet it. But I did. Mm-hmm. So I, when I wake up, I embrace the fact that I was able to open my eyes for one more day and have a whole Another 24 hours to get it right, get it wrong, learn whatever lesson I'm supposed to learn. But I do wish people would check in with each other every once in a while and just say, Hey, how are you doing? Now, I know there's some people that you don't want to ask that question to because you know you're going to get a dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> I do know this. I know that's a trigger. I know that's a trigger question. But <laughs> There are ways to ask that question where you're not going to get a dissertation as an answer, but but I say all that to say that you know I just wish people, especially with regards to me, would be more mindful of how I'm doing. I
1: love that question because it's such a simple question, and but a lot of people don't ask like, "How are you really doing?" Mm-hmm. And you shared that you know you suffer from depression and so many people suffer from depression i've suffered from depression and really checking in with people to find out how are you doing and not and not necessarily taking the surface answer <laughs> cuz sometimes you know it's very easy to give the surface answer like oh i'm fine right when we're yeah. not really fine and mm-hmm. that's also to me about going back to courage that if someone does ask and they truly really want to know how are you doing, to have the courage to say, you know what, yeah, I'm good, but actually, I was just thinking about, I was just thinking about my dad earlier, and that really made me sad.
0: Uh, mm. And that's
1: actually something I was really thinking about.
0: I can earlier. tell by the way you said it.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about him actually a couple hours ago, and that really made me sad, and I really missed him. Mm. And just really being present with how we truly are. So thank you for that question because how are you really doing? How are you doing? But really?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's important that, you know, we live, I was saying to someone today, I can tell how the, the world has shifted just by the way people interact on a daily basis. People are so used to being on their phones and texting and emailing and, you know, doing all these things, these wonderful things that we um, have available digitally and at our fingertips with technology, that people forget how to in, have forget how to have human interaction, and people forget that you know we're human beings. Human beings need love and attention and nurturing and affection and need to be touched and held and. You know, Mm. you need somebody to look in your eyes or hold your hand and just look and see you not see what you represent, but see you.
1: Mm.
0: And we forget that sometimes because we have all this other stuff going on. We forget that sometimes you just need to look in somebody else's eyes and see them and let them see you. There There doesn't even have to be words. Sometimes it's not about talking. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes it's not about talking. Sometimes it's not about... I have friends in my life that I won't talk to them for years at a time. But when we do talk, we pick up right where we left off. And then I have some other friends that I can hang out with where we don't say one word for hours. And anybody that knows me know that's a feat within itself because I talk all the time. (laughs) But but, But I... have moments where i don't want to talk. i just want to be quiet. i just want to and i just want to be in tune with what's going on around me and just watch. sometimes i will go to a mall and i will just sit there and watch people. i love to just watch people. and i watch people and i look at and you can tell by the way someone's walking, how they're carrying their purse, even the look on their face, what kind of day they're having where they came from, what where they're going, how they're feeling. If you just take the time to stop and watch and pay attention, you learn a lot.
1: Yeah, you truly do. This has been such a nourishing, such a great conversation. Can you share with everyone You know where they can find you on the television, online, et cetera, whatever you feel
0: called to share right now? Cool. So um, I, like I said earlier in the conversation, I recur as Janet on NBC Superstore. We come on Thursday nights on NBC. Um, The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata is on Black Hollywood Live on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. It broadcasts live every Sunday at 5 p.m. And the reviews that I have in the written form are at thecurvyfilmcritic.com. And if you're interested in talking to me a little bit further about branding, you can go to the Branding Buddha site or email me at the at gmail.com.
1: Thank you so much, Carla. It was wonderful to chat with you and to share, to hear your wisdom. There's so many golden nuggets in this conversation. Thank you so much. And I love you. You're amazing. I love you,
0: Black. And let me just <laughs> let me just give a side note for people that are listening. I hope you keep this in. <laughs> That, you know, if it were not, and I say this to you all the time. So this isn't like, this is the first time you're hearing me say this, but honestly, if it were not for me working with you, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. That's the God's honest truth. I'm so grateful that the universe brought our paths together. Cause honestly, I don't know if I would be doing any, any of this, um, if it had I not met you.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Carla. It truly was an honor to work with you. And I really want to say that you did the work. Like that's what you did the work. Like you took our sessions and then you took the action. You dug deep. And that's the power of like truly digging deep and doing the work. So I'm just happy the world is getting to experience all of your magic, all of your talent, you know, all of your wisdom. Because I was like, she's fabulous. Like the world needs to know about her. Like she should <laughs> be getting. You know, that was how I I I saw you. So see what I'm I mean? Just so
0: happy. Other people see <laughs> you the way you. Do. And it goes back to my point. Other people yeah. see you the way you don't see yourself. I didn't see myself that way.
1: Yeah, and that's the vision that I held. Like that's how I saw you. And and I'm just so it's I'm just in awe and I love just watching your journey. And um, I really want to plug Carla has an amazing. She was interviewed by The New York Times, uh, L.A. Times, the L.A. Times, sorry, the L.A. Times about diversity um, in Hollywood, which I feel has a ripple effect on so many industries on our world. And I will also link that in the show notes. So, thank you again, Carla, and um, we will talk
0: again and connect soon. Yay! Thank you, Therese. My pleasure.
1: I hope that you enjoyed that episode as much as we enjoyed having that conversation. And you don't want to miss, there is a bonus segment where Carla and I talk more about depression and what really has helped her on that journey. So if you want to access that bonus, that's available for subscribers only. It's completely free. Just go over to visionarywomenpodcast.com and enter your name and email address and you will get that bonus bonus and the other bonuses as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating, write a review. It truly, truly helps other people to find us and just lets me know and our guests know that you enjoyed the show. You enjoyed that episode. So I appreciate you. Thank you for leaving your reviews. Thank you again for listening and I will talk to you soon.